Welcome to episode 12 of the Four Feathers podcast. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined by Tony Marchese and Ron Luce. What's going on, boys? How's it going? It's going well. We uh, we just got done, uh, Johnny and I just got done doing our first live episode of Shy Sox Weekly. Uh, I know, Ron, you were in attendance for that. Um Pretty pretty cool night, guys. Pretty cool night for for Four Feathers and Shy Sox Weekly. Um, Ron, Johnny, uh, Tyler's not with us, but uh, a little bit of an announcement to make to everybody. Uh, just like Shy Sox Weekly is now separate from Chicago Sports Nation, ShySportsNation.com, and Wagon Enterprises, Four Feathers is an independent show. Um, kind of a sister show to Shy Sox Weekly. More to come on that in the future, but... Guys, we're uh, we're rolling on our own now. Yeah, so I had an old hockey blog in college that was called Puck is Life. Um, I just kind of wrote there to you know up my writing skills and get a little something published on my own. Uh, but it is now converted. If you visit Four Feathers Pod, just like our Twitter handle, dot wordpress dot com. You can see um, blog posts from us. We have uh, episode recaps with our teaser videos. All of that good stuff is now available on our very own website. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I've been writing previews, recaps, all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, I got to say, it feels good to be on our own. Uh, We kind of lead our own content, and we have a different way of looking at it than um, our previous management did, which is fine but uh now we're running it our way so i'm happy exactly and uh and i gotta give a lot of credit to uh the man who was just speaking johnny nani who uh took it upon himself to convert that get that website set up uh get everything going and he's been leading the charge with the content um on the social media side as well as on that blog um I know Ron, myself, and uh, and Tyler will be writing on there very shortly, um, but uh, it's it's been really good to to see some of that content out there. If you haven't checked that website out and you're a listener of the podcast, I I advise that you do. Um, my favorite thing to go look at are some of the the uh, the GIF recaps of the game. Um, you can basically figure out everything that happened during a game. Uh, that the Blackhawks play in uh, on our website right after. All the highlights are right there for you. Any big plays, uh, we've got you covered right there. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I, I have not seen any of that stuff out there uh, besides on our website. I know there's a lot of other hockey blogs that will break the game down, uh, but uh, Johnny has been fucking absolutely killing it when it comes to uh, giving you not only – uh, some some hot takes on what happened, but as well as uh, some actual, uh, you know, visual, uh, you know, visual something to look at and see what actually happened during that play. Um, 
<laughs> Ron's holding up a winter classic uh, can beer. Let's let's crack them, guys. Let's get into it. Uh, you know, fourfeathers.wordpress.com, I believe it is. Uh, excellent fourfeatherspod.wordpress.com. Uh, it's your go-to spot now for, for Blackhawks content. And uh, we're going to continue to pump content through there as well as our Twitter page. Um, you know, live in-game updates, uh, you know, previews, recaps, all that shit. So uh, big shout-out over there to, to Johnny, who's been kind of heading that up for us uh, over the over the past few weeks since the uh, the separation from, from Shy Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I already had the site up, so it was just a matter of converting it, reformatting it to what we wanted, and getting all of our episodes uh, embedded within there. So, yeah, if you ever miss an episode, want to go back and find one, click on the podcast tab on that website that Tony had previously mentioned, and you can find every single one of them. We have our teaser video up there, timeline of what we talked about during it. So, if you want to listen to a specific section on a topic that we talked about. You can skip right to that. Uh, there's an embedded Spotify player below along with all the links to iTunes, uh, Spotify and anchor. So if you want to listen on your external, uh, platform as well. So that, that's what we've been busy with. Uh, that's why we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, it's been a while since we've got on the mic, but it's good to be back. And guys, we are talking about a black Hawks winner tonight, five to two in Dallas. Yeah, what a big win. I mean, anytime you can take points, you know, I know the season's obviously not going all that well, but, you know, anytime you can steal some points from a division rival and, um, you know, hurt their chances of, of doing well in the Central, it's it's a good feeling. It's a nice little extra uh, extra gratification in, in that victory. So, uh, big win by them, a nice win by them tonight. So, it was, uh, it was good to see. It was a nice change of pace given the last couple of weeks of Blackhawks hockey and what's been going on. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. So um, Tony and I, as Tony mentioned earlier, uh, we were recording a uh, our White Sox podcast, Shy Sox Weekly, um, during this, and Tony was testing out a new live stream. So we live streamed our whole episode on Periscope uh, with that. So Tony was basically the production man for all that. He was running all of the visual, audio, recording it all that good stuff so he was not able to catch the game watching it i was giving him a little uh john weideman play by play as we were setting things up um, yeah you were doing a, you but, were doing a real good job there um yeah. and i i want to i want to just you know get into a little bit of the tweet that was sent out before that as i'm setting all this up uh you know john you you had sent a text message to the group chat on, on the shy sex weekly side and said you know you guys are lucky that I'm willing to miss a uh, Blackhawks game. Well, not miss, but, you know, record during. And I had said, well, you know, it's it's lucky that they suck this year enough to make it, you know, something. I forget exactly what I said. The, the tweet, the, the tweet yeah, is out there now a, yeah. to make it not a big deal. Yeah. Um, my, my, my take behind that is you, you questioned my commitment to the Indian. And, you know, committing to the Indian is something that I do. And, you know, you've seen me tonight. Um, obviously, I've got my, my Blackhawks hoodie on. I had a Blackhawks hat on. I switched over to a White Sox hat. But I just want everybody to know that I am fully 
100% committed to the Indian. Before this episode, I gave you a little tour around my, my basement, which is full of Hawks, White Sox gear, and another team that you guys may not want to talk about. Uh, but I, I just want you to know, every night I sleep with a Blackhawks blanket in my Blackhawks hoodie and my Blackhawks sweatpants. I am I am committed to the Indian. There is absolutely no way that I am not committed to this Indian. That that comp that the company, the Blackhawks company, gets my money nonstop. I am 100% committed to the Indian. Uh, I don't think that either of you sleep with a Blackhawks blanket, but I fucking do. So commit to the Indian. Uh, get more stuff. There's Ron bringing up the Blackhawks blanket that he probably sleeps with nightly. Ron, do you sleep with that thing? I do. So, yeah, that's that's the level of commitment that we're bringing here on Four Feathers Pod. We're only three feathers again tonight, but uh, we, we are committed fully to the Indian. Uh, we're 100% behind the uh, the join or die uh, the wave right there. I know that uh, I think both of you have the shirt. Um the joiner die shirts that uh, the Chiefs put out. One of our, our actually our first guest on Four Feathers podcast, Barstool Chief. Um, we're behind this thing 100. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any of us that would uh, that would choose to watch pretty much anything else besides Blackhawks hockey uh, if we have you know no other obligations going on in our lives. But uh, yeah, we're we're big Blackhawks fans here, uh, and I think that's that's proven by you know, us having this podcast, number one, but uh, the amount of episodes that we've put out this year so far um, in in such a down year for this organization, you know, we, we've been at this weekly. This The last week was our first week that we had ever taken off um, doing this. So um, committed to the Indian, Johnny, uh, fuck you for putting that tweet out there. I am goddamn committed to that goddamn Indian, 100%. Denny, Denny Savard, uh, would be happy with my level of commitment. So yeah, uh, I just you had know, to. I just had to put that out there. Yeah, you know, I just have to give you shit. It's in the Four Feathers contract. You know, when we branched off, and when, but when I sent you the email invite to write for the blog, you had to be fully committed to the Indian. So that's what. That's, but no, I'm just kidding. I I just like giving you shit. And uh, I was gonna say, uh, I, and it was more of a point to make to John uh, in our uh, Shy Sox weekly chat that you know. You know, he's watching some random college basketball game. It's like, no, no, we got we got Blackhawks hockey out in the background. That's what I was saying. It's like usually I like to be completely dialed into the game, four tabs up. You know, opposing team roster, natural stat trick, uh, our four feathers Twitter page, so I can tweet updates, all of that. The works, but you know, made a little sacrifice for Shy Sox Weekly tonight. <laughs> so I love I love how like personally attacked Tony felt by that tweet well i, I, I had a nerve, had a nerve. Just, it was it was actually it his voice it was actually shy Sox janda that uh that decided to send the message back after i had said that and said you should post this in the in the twitter feed and you know there there goes shy Sox janda who's watching college basketball when we're getting ready to record a white Sox podcast um so i'm gonna come after him next time i forgot to do that on, on shy Sox weekly but uh um, if, if people haven't figured out yet, um, shy Sox weekly and four feathers podcast are, are going to kind of run together. Um, and we've got more on that. That's going to come. Um, Ron's going to be involved in that. Johnny's going to be involved in that. Um, we're going to try and start to offer some other content out there for some other teams. Um, 
kind of a little teaser there. But uh, we've got some stuff in the works, guys, that uh, I think is going to be really, really special and and can go a long way, um, not just on Shy Sox Weekly and, and Four Feathers, but for, for other teams as well. So uh, more to come on that later. I can't really can't really touch on what I've got in the works or any of us have in the works with some of that other stuff, but uh, four feathers pod dot wordpress.com shy um, are, are just the start of, of what we're going to offer here. So um, guys, let's get into some actual Blackhawks talk. I know we started to talk about tonight's game. Uh, let's get back into that. Yeah. So uh, 15 seconds in stars have a great chance on their end. And one slips through Ward. Eric Gustafson is in the perfect spot, saves a goal. He puts it right back in between Ward's legs. And Blackhawks get out of that situation. That was only 15 seconds in. So think about the different shape that this game could have taken. And then we come down, other end, only a minute 12 into the game now. Face-off play. And Debrinket walks across from the left, like the left hash mark walks across to the very top of the circle and just absolutely snipes Ben Bishop high. I put it out on the Four Feathers Twitter account. Ooh, you got to be a little quicker than that, Bishop. Just like, you know, that commercial, is that the is that Allstate, I believe, uh, for that commercial? But, yeah, it, it was absolutely beautiful goal by Debrinket there. Uh, we had a power play goal late in the first period. Eric Gustafson, uh, nice little snipe from the uh, right circle. Um, and then Kaner just had one of his vintage backhanders uh, early in the second period. So that was great to see Dallas climb back in a little bit. Uh, but the Hawks were able to close it down. Kaner got a second of the night with an empty netter. And Perlini put the icing on the cake with an empty netter that made it 5-2. to two. That's a Blackhawks winner. And that means we are all happy tonight, boys, because it's been a rough stretch so far. So we got to enjoy these when we can. I like being a happy human. Um as Eddie would say, um, like like I said, I missed most of that game. I've seen a few different highlights, but not much that I can really touch on and offer uh, to tonight. So I figured I'd leave that to you, Ron. What were your takes on tonight's game? Uh, well, I definitely liked the the Debrinket goal. Um, I think something definitely worth noting. I mean, I know you uh, you have it in our our rundown, and um, it was a very nicely set up face-off play you know it's it's very rare that you see face-off plays truly work i mean because it, it really does take perfect execution and it's hard you know you can win a draw but it might not be a clean win or you can you know obviously lose the draw and it blows the entire thing up so you know for for camp to i believe it was camp right i believe it was centering that line yeah, I so, think he has a third line play. So yeah, yeah. So for him to to be able to get just enough for Sakura to come in and just tap that puck back to Debrinket, Debrinket get the wide open chance like he did uh, to rip that puck. It was nice to see. It was a really pretty play. Um, I don't hate the Gustafson play either. I know he's been very, 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 very rough to watch in his own zone. Um, but there's no joke defensively that he can put the puck in the back of the net. A nice shot by him. Um, very pleased to see Perlini coming around. Obviously, a couple goals now in the last couple games for him. Um, uh, even if they've been kind of give me's, uh, obviously, you know, his first goal as in a Blackhawks uniform came really via a great Dylan Sakura play, and then he just kind of cleaned up the garbage. But 
you'll take them how you can get them as long as the puck's coming in. That's that's all I think fans care about. I think that's all Perlini's going to care about. Uh, I think that's all anybody in that organization really gives a damn about right now. So, yeah, it's just a good win. I mean, they they were able to beat Bishop, who's obviously, you know, a good goaltender. Maybe not what he was in his Tampa days, but he's still a good goaltender. Um, a very talented Dallas Stars team. This Dallas Stars team right now is knocking on the door of the playoffs. So, um, no joke, that top line is legit with Radulov, Sagan, and Ben. Uh, obviously, John Klingberg, I think, might be one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. So, um, huge divisional win. Um, you can never um, discredit divisional wins. And I liked what I saw tonight. Uh, I think Colleton's got them going now. I think they're buying to Jeremy. I think I think he's finally letting people settle in on lines and get to play with each other so they know what's going on. So I've, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Two straight wins, too, guys. Yeah, Ron, two things on what you said there. First of all, just since this was first on what you t- touched on, uh, Perlini. I like that, you know, like you said, that might have been a gimme. It was a great Dylan Sakura chance on a breakaway when he, was, uh, he uh, drew a penalty and then kind of got a half-hazard attempt on it, and then Perlini slammed home the rebound the other night. That was his first goal as a Blackhawk, and then tonight, empty netter. But you know what? That kind of thing keeps Brennan Perlini in the lineup, whereas before he had been a healthy scratch a couple of games, as for a Kunitz or, you know, what have you, Martinson or whatever. And I would much rather see Brendan Perlini out there uh, than either of those aforementioned names. Um, second thing, um, let's see, what were you talking about? The uh, Oh, keeping the lines together. Yes, that is a huge thing. And I know it because when I go to update these uh, previews that I put out, so on a game day, if you ever go for featherspod.wordpress.com, I'll put out a preview every morning of every game day. Um it's been a lot easier for me doing the Blackhawks line since they've been staying consistent. And um, I like that, you know, like you said, Ron, I think Colleton's letting some of these guys gel together. Um, and, and you can just see it on the ice. It's more of like an eye test sort of thing that these guys have more chemistry together. And they know where to find someone else on the ice. They know where their support is going to be. And that is huge because when, you're kind of getting jumbled up like it was beforehand, then pucks are, you know, 50-50 pucks are getting won by the opposing team. And that is setting, you know, our goaltender up to either have to make a big save or a defenseman to have to make a sprawling block. So I am happy with what I saw tonight. Um, we got another one tomorrow night. We're at Colorado tomorrow night. So let's keep it rolling. Yeah, just to quickly add before, um, you know, Tony can can give his two cents here. Um, how about the play of Cam Ward? I think a lot of people, obviously his stats are atrocious, but I don't think that's a direct result of his play. Um, he's had some rough games this year. There's no lie about that. I think even Carlos had some rough games. Um, we'll talk further on that later. But, um, you know, they, they, they've had rough games. But overall, Ward has... I'm, Ward stole that game against Nashville. I think I think it's it's okay to say that, and it's not totally ludicrous to say. He looked pretty decent tonight. I mean, I, I didn't get to see the whole game. I saw most of the game. He looked really, really good. I mean, he he made the saves that he needed to. He didn't get beat a ton. Two goals is respectable. If if the Blackhawks goaltenders, no matter who it is, whether it's you know number fifty in that, 
teardrops. It's number 30 in net. It's number 60 in net. Again, we'll talk more about that later. Any of those guys, if they can go in most nights and only give up two goals, there's a really good chance that the Hawks are going to win the game. Yeah. So, Ron, you talked about the goaltending situation there. Um, Unfortunately, Corey Crawford sustained a concussion on Sunday night. Um, Nasty play from Evander Kane. Uh, Crawford made a nice save on a Logan Couture breakaway. And then Vander Kane absolutely barreled 6'3", 200-pound Dylan Stroman to Corey Crawford, who then hit his head on the post. Um, guys, that was an ugly play. Yeah, it was a it was a really fucking ugly play. Um, I hope to God that's not the last time that we see Corey Crawford in a Blackhawks uniform. Um, although uh, that's not his first concussion. Um and I don't think that any of us would wish long-term, you know, health effects to Corey Crawford. Uh, we'll have to see how he responds to this one. It's almost a year to the date from his last concussion uh, that he suffered. Um, and, and nobody knows uh, what play it was that he actually suffered it on. But uh, last year, uh, this one was fairly obvious. Uh, the head snaps into the back of the goalpost. Um very scary play. It's it's kind of horrific to watch. Uh, you know, this this has been the Blackhawks' year, guys. I mean, nobody no nobody expected some of the uh, the trials and tribulations that we've gone through. I don't think any of us really thought that it was going to be a bad year like it has been. I knew I I know that we thought it was going to be bad. I just don't know that we thought it was going to be this bad. Uh, one of the things that we said when uh, we were talking in our season preview and some of the first few episodes that we did was uh, that in order for the Blackhawks to succeed, the top scorers and the top players on the offense needed to show up and score a lot of goals. And we saw that through the first portion of the season. The other thing that we said in order for the Blackhawks to succeed was that Corey Crawford had to carry the team. Corey came back, and I don't know if he exactly carried this team because you obviously talk about, was that an eight-game losing streak? And Corey Crawford has suffered from not only one of the league-worst defenses in front of him, but also probably, in my opinion, the after-effects of whatever injury that he suffered last year. And you go and throw this on top of it, that's not a very good outlook. Um, I don't know if any of us want to watch Corey Crawford come back and struggle continuously because I feel like that would only diminish you know the body of work that Corey Crawford gave to this Blackhawks organization and this team through you know two cup runs multiple playoff runs and you know I'm kind of torn whether or not I want to see Corey Crawford come back from this because uh, on, on one aspect I'd like to see him come back and win another cup on the other side, I wish the best for him and his family, and I don't know if I want him to risk 
you know, some of the long-term health problems that you see from guys like Daniel Carcillo out there right now. Uh, this is, uh, this is kind of one of those moments where, uh, you know, you, you take somebody's, you know, actual well-being and life outside of sports and kind of wonder, you know, what, what's best for him. Yeah, 100% agree. I think that's something that a lot of people have really talked about quite a bit. You know, most, I'll call them general fans, you know, some fans that may not understand concussions, may have never literally gone through a concussion. I've had probably numerous concussions that were never diagnosed, and I used to crack skulls with people all the time playing football. And it's a big deal. And, you know, you see guys go through one, two, three. I think back to Mark Savard, um, those diehard hockey fans that, that remember him with the Bruins. And that one hit he took coming across the ice and he was out cold on the ice. And that was like his second or third concussion. And you saw people sit there and they're like, mm, he, he needs to be done. And I think a lot of people are calling for that with Corey because, you know, Crawford's not. 25 and this isn't his first concussion or even if it was his second maybe okay yeah he'll rebound the guy's almost 35 years old and he's got a a baby at home you know he's had numerous concussions i think it's almost time to just again start valuing his life over his career he had a great hockey career. He's going to be revered as one of the greatest Blackhawks goaltenders ever. He's going to be up there in the conversations with guys like Tony Esposito and Glenn Hall. There, there's no denying that. Um, Are you going to leave Belfour and Hobby Boone out of this? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I mean, don't get me wrong. Eddie Eagle is the man. Um, you know, but again, he's he's going to be on that Mount Rushmore of Blackhawks goaltenders for this franchise. He owns how many records? You know, obviously the two Stanley Cups is no joke. The numerous 30-win seasons that he's had. He's a great goaltender, and he forever will be loved in Chicago. But he needs to value his his his, his livelihood, his, his health. And, you know, I, I think it, it's crazy to think about. And I'm, I'm glad you kind of started that off with that, Tony. That could be the last game we ever see Corey Crawford step on the ice. And I don't think it's totally sunk in yet. Is that something that uh, I mean? We we saw this with with Marion Hosa um, recently. Is that something that's be- going to become a theme over the next year, two years for Blackhawks fans? That you know, we had this core group of guys that you know meant a lot to us during these Cup runs. And, you know, you take Blackhawks hockey aside and, you know, sorry to get real deep here, but, you know, you never know when the last time you're going to see somebody is. So uh, if there's one thing that I kind of want to echo here, it's that even though the Blackhawks are going through such a rough period of time right now, um, appreciate some of these guys who are still out on the ice. You know, the Jonathan Taves, the Patrick Canes, um, the Corey Crawfords, um, more because you don't know if they're A, going to be traded, B, going to suffer an injury, um, 
you know, it's it's one of those things that you, you kind of got to look at and say, like, some of these guys that we've watched play hockey in Chicago over the past 10 years are generational talents. And you do not get a team like that very often. And even though you're watching them right now struggle, um, you have to appreciate what they're doing on the ice right now because you do not know when the last time you're going to watch a player like Marion Hosa or Corey Crawford uh, play for your favorite team. Uh, the, that's something special that I think um, that Blackhawks fans don't really realize uh, in the day-to-day. You know, you can get mad for at Corey Crawford for giving up a soft goal. But when you're watching some of these guys play, um, appreciate what you're seeing on the ice right now because you may not get that again for for quite a while. You may never see that again in your lifetime. Um, you know, this this has been a very special team to watch over the last 10 years. And if that was the last time you got to see Corey Crawford, I hope to fucking God you were tuned in to see his last few moments on the ice, his last save, all that stuff because – uh, you know, when it comes to guys like, like I mentioned just a few seconds ago, Marion Hosa, had I known Marion Hosa's last game was going to be Marion Hosa's last game, I probably would have watched it a little closer. Um, that, that's, I guess my message there. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you take into account, uh, you know, the person's livelihood. Uh, it's so easy to just look at it in the vacuum of how are the Hawks performing this year? What are you doing for me on the ice? But, you know, hockey's contact sport. Um, it, you just hate to see something like that happen, like happened to Crow on Sunday night. But it is part of the game. Um, I don't think that's, I think, you know, Vander King got called for a penalty, but, you know, I think that's a dirty play overall, shoving a guy in the net like that. Um, Like Tony said, just be thankful and uh, appreciate these guys while they're here. Never know when you're going to see them last. Um, Crawford wasn't the only one to suffer concussion recently, guys. Um, Anisimov, couple weeks back was put on or about a week ago was put on uh injured reserve for concussion protocol uh he's back in the lineup now so that's good to see um Crawford obviously sustained the concussion on Sunday night um and most recently Marcus Kruger on Tuesday night guys I don't know if you saw that elbow from former Blackhawk Ryan Hartman um that that was nasty Kruger immediately had blood coming out of his nose um he was taken off the ice immediately Immediately and right after the game, diagnosed with a concussion. So, I mean, these concussions just seem to keep coming. Um, man, I wish we, <laughs> I miss we had, I wish we had Daniel Carcillo on this episode. I, I feel like he'd yeah. have, he'd have a lot to say about some of this stuff. Uh, you know, if any of our listeners are not following uh, Carcillo on Twitter, um, I, I think they need to be. Uh, he's very outspoken, I, I, I think, when it comes to player safety. And, you know, like like we all mentioned here, hockey is a contact sport. Um, you know, these, these guys' careers are not guaranteed uh, when it comes to some of that stuff. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of morbid to think about. But, uh, you know, 
best luck to anybody who's ever suffered one of those in in, in their recovery. Uh, Johnny, let's let's talk about some of this, the the moves though that the Blackhawks have made yeah. since some of those injuries. Um, not to not to diminish, you know, the severity of some of these injuries on these guys' livelihood, but um, I want to I want to get into some lighter stuff here uh, before we close this out. Uh, it it's kind of surprising to me, you know, when when we look at some of this. The, the way that the roster looks after you remove guys like Anisimov, Kruger, Crawford, uh, just how little depth the Blackhawks have. Uh, there was a tweet that uh, I, I believe you sent out from the Four Feathers podcast. Luke Johnson's back. Um, mm. You know, let, let, let's yeah. let's kind of shift this a little bit um, into into some of these other guys. Um, and then I want to I want to talk a little bit about the the Dylan Camp uh, message that you sent in the in the group message over to uh, to the Four Feathers guys because uh, I need to laugh a little bit. Yeah. So uh, with Kruger being placed on IR with a concussion on Tuesday night, Luke Johnson was recalled from Rockford. Um, he was up for a stint earlier in the season. Uh, centerman can play some wing, but um, wasn't extremely effective when he was up here. Um, he was down in Rockford, and now he's back. Um, I sent kind of a, you know, maybe a little sarcastic message, the uh, disinterested kid blinking when I said that he's recalled just because, you know, <laughs> when I watch Luke Johnson, he kind of makes me a little disinterested. It's what, a, what, what can you even bring to the table? Um, I will give him a little bit of credit. He had a... Nice rush that I saw earlier tonight, but other than that, I don't think I noticed him too much. Um, with some of those other injuries, though, um, Connor Murphy is finally back. He was on IR to start the year. Um, he's back. He's been playing on the third pair pri- uh, primarily. Um, he's looked fine to me. I-, I haven't really noticed too many slips in Murphy's game. He got burned a little bit behind the net tonight. But um, that's also Dallas's top line feeding Tyler Sagan from the office. So uh, that was the first goal they gave up, and we already had a three-goal cushion at that point. So did not turn out to be deadly. Um, Carl Dahlstrom has been recalled from Rockford, and I will say he has been a pleasant surprise. Um, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. He's a bigger body, but he can move well. He can handle the puck well. Um, so it's been encouraging to see what he can do on the back end. It seems like Jeremy Collins trusting him because uh, he's been among uh, on certain nights. Uh, he's been among ice time leaders. So, uh, Ron, what you 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 uh, look into the prospects a little more? What what do you think about Carl Dahlstrom there? I like Dahlstrom. Um, I think he he had a nice little trial run last season with Hawks. Um, wasn't you could tell he was kind of a little bit of a deer in the headlights last year when he first came up. Uh, wasn't making anything flashy, very conservative. You know, wasn't trying to jump into a play and have to rush guys back. You know, just making the very conservative play kind of time and time again. Um, this time though, I think the first thing I noticed, and you know, his first game was 
the game that you and Tony were both at on the on the 12th against Pittsburgh. And I think the first thing I noticed, again, because guys like Brandon Manning were in the lineup, I remember watching one specific play. I believe it was actually Crosby or one of the other Penguins forwards dumped the puck. But Crosby was going in to chase it. And Dahlstrom stayed stride for stride with him. And it was so nice just being able to see a defenseman be able to keep pace. You know, he had the two steps or whatever on him because he was already back on the play. But at least it was nice seeing, you know, uh, a a defenseman not just get burned. You know, how many times have we seen Brandon Manning just get absolutely torched by forwards just dumping the puck in? Time and time again. Jan Ruda, same thing. Now he's obviously down in Rockford. You know, there there's reasons that Dahlstrom's getting a look because Colleton likes what he sees. And the big thing to remember, especially with a lot of these guys coming up from Rockford, these were Colleton guys last year. He knows what he's going to get out of these guys. And if he – now I think he's enough games in where he really knows what he's getting with each and every guy on the roster. If he thinks somebody that – a role better in his system, they're going to make the move because it's going to make sense. And I think Carl Dahlstrom fits that bill right now. He's looked very, very good. He's been a very, very pleasant surprise to this point. I very much prefer watching Carl Dahlstrom, or yeah, Carl Dahlstrom over a uh, Brandon Davidson or Brandon Manning. So that 100%. has been that has been a breath of fresh air um, to see that see him coming into the lineup and actually be effective. He hasn't been sheltered minutes wise. Um, he has been sheltered situational wise. So, um, that's just been, you know, good to see. Um, speaking of the blue line, uh, here, we're talking about Murphy, talked about Dahlstrom. Now, Yoki Haru, Henry Yoki Haru, been a mainstay, usually playing on the top pair with Keith. He was loaned to team Finland for the world junior championships. Um, he'll miss eight games with the Hawks, What a um, joke! but you know, kids 19 years old, um, he has a chance to play for his home country. Uh, those world juniors, you see some of the best young talent in the game showcase there. So, um, you know what? Good for Henry Okiharu. Um, I would say if the Hawks were kind of on that borderline playoff spot, it'd be easier to get upset about it. But you also got to think, this kid's 19 years old. How often do you get a chance to represent your country? Because he's probably not going to make the next Finland uh you know, well, I guess maybe that he could uh, the next Finland Olympic or well, World the World, Cup of hockey the team, World but, Cup of Hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny, Johnny, I just don't think that this really helps his development uh, as as a player. Um, he's going to go play against kids who are, are not at his level. Um, he'll probably dominate. You know, it, some may say that it helps his confidence. But uh, I don't think that you really get the same level of competition in the juniors that you do in the NHL. Um, yeah. You know, and not only that, you know, uh, the the Blackhawks are going to be playing in the Winter Classic, uh, in the, in the next week here. So, um, I, I really wanted to see the best Blackhawks team that you can provide on national television there, and mm-hmm. without Yokoharu, uh, I don't think you get that. Uh, I think this was a weak move by the organization. Uh, it it may be the 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 move that Yoki Haru wanted to have uh, happen. Um, I, I would understand completely that he would want to go play for his country and, and compete in that. But uh, if if you're a top four defenseman uh, in the NHL's eyes, 
you need to be in the NHL. You don't need to be playing in the in the juniors. Um, that that's just my take on that. I think this was a uh, a move that is made uh, by the Blackhawks to ensure a a top draft pick. Draft top draft pick. Uh, I'm not mad at that completely, but uh, uh, you would not see an 18 year old, 19 year old Patrick Kane going to play for USA in the juniors. Um, a few years back, uh, now you're seeing Yoki Haru go do that. Uh, I just think that that's kind of weak in the Blackhawks organization. Uh, I don't think Joel Quinville uh, would have let said move happen. Uh, that's just my take on this. Uh, I don't know what you guys have to say about it, uh, Johnny. You, you've pretty much made your your statement clear, but uh, Ron, I'm I'm curious what you have to say. Yeah, I think it, it, it's certainly an interesting move because obviously the best type of development he's going to be able to have is in the NHL. Um, he was playing big minutes. You know, he was playing in most situations. I don't think he was playing a ton of kill time, but he was getting some power play time. Um, I, I do think the only way to justify the move is you want him to go over there and dominate because if he is going over there and he is dominating – then he's confirming that he is ready for the NHL and that he shouldn't be spending time in Rockford. Uh, that being said, I think this is entirely a numbers move um, because it's the easy move to make without having to send somebody up or send somebody down and have them clear waivers. You know, they don't have to send him down to Rockford. He's just loaned. He's not on the active roster. And now they can figure out their defensive situation because assume, assuming nothing changes, as of this very moment, with Yoki Haru returning, they'll have eight defensemen on the roster. Um, obviously, Dahlstrom essentially replaces Ruda. Uh, Davidson's more likely than not probably going to be back by then. Uh, they said he's been starting to skate and, and and looks like he could be upon a return. Obviously, Murphy is now healthy. Forsling is now healthy. So I, I think the biggest reason that they did that was literally just to be able to free up a roster spot so they can figure out how to trade one of these defensemen whether that's going to be Jan Ruda because he's an expiring contract and somebody may just say, hey, fuck it, we'll take a shot at him. Whether that's um, Brandon Manning that they're coupling with probably like a second-round pick at this point because, let's be honest, he's just as bad of a traffic cone as Jan Ruda is. And, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe somebody like uh, a Brandon Davidson because he is a, a pretty much a vet minimum contract. I think he only makes 650K this year. You know, somebody's just really, really desperate for some depth. Maybe the Hawks get a late round draft pick for him, maybe a sixth or a seventh. So I, I would say it's probably safe to believe that one of these defensemen on the roster right now will not be on the roster come Yoki Haru's return. And, you know, there's been some rumblings out there of uh, Duncan Keith trades being discussed. Um, I think something that has been well quoted by those that have been reporting and is saying, listen, remember, discussions are discussions. You know, it, it, just because a discussion is happening doesn't mean a trade's necessarily going to happen. You know, there's there's probably, you know, to every one trade, there's probably 20 times that in discussions. So, um but they have to move somebody. There's there's no hiding that. They know they have to move somebody. I think teams know they have to move somebody. So this just gives them the opportunity to have a couple weeks to kind of finagle with the roster a little bit and, and move somebody. Ron, I really liked your take there. Um, 
I really don't have much else to add to that. Uh, I would I would be on the lookout though, uh, like you said, for for some sort of move to happen over the next two weeks uh, with uh, somebody involved somebody involved from uh, from the from the defense here. Uh, Johnny, do you have uh, anything you want to talk about in the week ahead before we close this out? Yeah, so while we're on the topic of World Junior Championship rosters, uh, I just want to give mention to a few guys, uh, Blackhawks prospects that made rosters for their prospective teams. Um, Adam Boquist uh, made Team Sweden's World Junior uh, Championship roster. Uh, Philip Kurishev made Team Switzerland. Mackenzie Entwistle and Ian Mitchell both made Team Canada. And Evan Barrett, who has been absolutely tearing it up at uh, Penn State, made Team USA's roster. So congratulations to those guys, and uh, hopefully we see some highlights out of them so we can do a World Junior Championship and Gifts article for fourfeatherspod.wordpress.com. Beautiful. Nice plug. Yep, very nice plug. Uh Johnny, uh, do you want to recap what we've got looking uh, in the uh, in the week ahead for for Blackhawks hockey? Yep. So tomorrow night, uh, well, actually tonight, when we release this, it'll be Friday. Uh, Friday night at Colorado, eight o'clock, uh, top scoring line in the league. Um, I believe they have 155 points between uh, that top Colorado line there. So, which is just absolutely uh, that, fucking ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, but that'll be a challenge for the Hawks. But you know what? I like the momentum that they have going in there. Um, so that, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, Sunday back home, one of those great six o'clock starts against Florida. Hell um, yeah. Oh, wow. That was good. So then, then we have a, uh, little break for the holiday. Uh, NHL does it right. Big stick tap to them. Uh, 23rd, 24th and 25th of December, all off for their players, um, spend time with their families. And then the Hawks are back at it next Thursday, uh, against Minnesota at home and next Saturday at Colorado. And then hopefully we'll be having a new podcast to bring you into the new year. But if we don't enjoy the winter classic, um, that is on Tuesday, the 1st of January of 2019, Hawks Bruins. Uh, Hawks are going to be wearing some beautiful sweaters, um, straight black and white, tribute to the 1926 original you know, logo, all that. Um, yeah, it, now, that, I know. It, no matter what, even, even with how bad the Hawks have been, that's always a fun one to watch. The Winter Classic, outdoor stage, you know, it, I know, it, it'll be. I know Ron's going to be there, Johnny. Uh, but uh, maybe you and I can can get together and do a little something. Maybe a, maybe a live stream for for one of the periods uh, during yeah. that Winter Classic. I think that would uh, I think that would be good. Maybe that's something we got to look out for. Yeah. I yep. I will I will be in attendance at Notre Dame. I will be freezing, and I will love every second of it. Um, and I actually will also be at Sunday's game against Florida. So. Um, I get a double double dose of Blackhawks hockey over the next 10 days or so. So we'll be, um, if not putting it on the Four Feathers pod myself, on their Twitter account, I will be sending it to you guys so it can be posted. Um, some nice pictures uh, from both venues. Um, so that'll be fun. Looking very much forward to it. Hopefully a couple wins coming up here uh, as some holiday gifts for us because uh, it's been a tough Tough go around to this point. So a couple of nice little holiday gifts uh, in victories would be nice. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Um, 
I don't really think that we have a pro, uh, prospect report this week, but uh, uh, we're coming up here on a little bit over an hour. Uh, guys, are you ready to uh, close this out? Yep. Like I said, uh, you know, we had mentioned earlier in the episode that Tony and I were doing a uh, Shy Sox weekly live stream before this. We have the same setup available for us uh, for a potential Four Feathers live stream. So if you'd like to get some interactive uh, Blackhawks discussion going, we could definitely make that happen. Uh, so just be on the lookout. Uh, we'll get a Periscope account up and running. You can follow us on that. And we should hopefully be delivering some live content for our followers and listeners here. So with that being said, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, guys, let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby.